Hello, this is Kumba CK. I am Connor. This is episode seven. I'm joined today by Darren Wallace, host of The Mind Podcast. Darren, how are you doing? I'm really good, Connor, and it's great to be back with you, to hear that voice and to catch up with you. So thanks for having me on your podcast. Yeah, absolute pleasure. I mean, bit of background for anyone who hasn't kind of listened to what I've been doing. I was a guest on your podcast back in December, I believe. I think I was episode six, and that was my first ever podcast. And on the contrary, you were that was your first ever blog that you did with me about a month previously. So we've got a bit of kind of first going on here. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and what an experience it was. Um, obviously, you had contacted me via Instagram. I had really only started on the, the mind journey and uh, the podcasts. Um, and look how far both of us have came since that point. Um, but what a journey. Yeah, massively. I remember um, when we were doing the blog interview, I remember towards the end, you were mentioning that um, you ran out of excuses not to do your podcast eventually and then just launched it. And as you were saying that, it almost dawned upon me, yeah, I think I need to start this podcast. It's always been in my head, but there's always these things that hold you back, whether it be fear, whether it be self-doubt. There are so many reasons. But then having that interview with you, I thought, yeah, I'm going to have to do this now. And then I had the chat with you and thought, okay, I can get something out of this. And here we are, yeah, seven episodes and counting and many more to come in the future. So thanks for having me on. Uh, so let's get started then, Darren, bit of background. Uh, whereabouts are you from and how did you get started out with The Mind podcast? Yes, so I am Darren Wallace. I am from Northern Ireland. I'm the host of The Mind podcast and also Changemakers NI, which is a new project, which I'll talk to you about a little later on. Um, and my background is I've struggled with some of my own mental health issues um, through university, uh, mainly anxiety and depression. And um, I've came on a journey now where um, I have, I think, identified some of those key early emotional issues that I had and, and hadn't identified at university um, and through, you know, obviously support networks and, and talking about issues and, and reading up and researching about issues. I've, I've now arrived at a point where I am I'm looking deeper into all things mental health. I'm speaking to mental health advocates. I'm speaking to lo local entrepreneurs. I'm speaking to um, psychiatrists in mental health and, and basically all walks of life that have been impacted in some shape or form or who are out working actively um, with a background in, in mental health. We all experience issues with our own personal mental health, um, as you're probably aware yourself, Connor, um, from the story you've told me too. Um, and we just we can't shy away from that fact anymore. And I think what we need now more than ever is more and more people coming out to say that it's okay not to be okay and to feel different and to feel those emotions that we can't explain. Um, and the more we talk about it and the more we open up about it and the more we invest into it, um, then the, the easier this is going to become as a topic, really. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with you on that. I mean, it's great to hear other people with kind of similar minds to ourselves coming out and telling their stories as well. It almost kind of makes think what we're doing worthwhile. You think, okay, he's resonating. He knows what he's talking about. So does she. So it definitely all links together. Can I ask you, what have you learned from the people that you've had on your mind podcast? Yes. So I had sort of set off on a journey of self-discovery at the start of the podcast, and I've now arrived at a point that I never expected to arrive at, and I've met some absolutely fantastic people. They've shared the really powerful stories with me, um, and it's opened the door to a whole network of like-minded people, really, um, who are on that same journey. And I think by talking about it um, and, and basically interacting and engaging during these difficult times during lockdown has has really sort of um brought people closer together as such um but basically what i've learned is everyone has a story everyone has struggled at some point in their life and it's just about identifying ways in which we can basically reach out to more and more people to let them know that um they're not alone out there 
um, and that other people have went through similar things are still going through similar things. Um, and I think collectively, if we all sort of get that message out there, I think it's going to make the world um, a better place as such. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with what you're saying on that point. I think, yeah, being open, getting our stories out there is the main thing we can all do to kind of get through this epidemic that is becoming and only getting worse throughout COVID. Do you mind to, uh, talking to me a bit about university, going back a bit there? Because I know that you've mentioned that's when you realised that you might be struggling with mental health. Do you mind telling me a little bit more about that? Yeah, and I think anyone that's tuning in who has went through university can probably resonate with a lot of what I'm going to say next. But at university, you're sort of coming to find yourself. Um, you've just came from secondary school where you're basically, it's it's all that peer pressure and you're trying to live up to maybe try to be someone that you're not. You go to university, you try to recreate yourself. So you're still on that journey. Um, and what you're trying to do there is you're trying to juggle a lot of plates. So you're trying to keep your family happy and, and do uh, a course or a discipline that maybe they have encouraged you to do. Um, it's maybe not always the right path. Then you're trying to make new friends. You're trying to socialize. You're trying to do a lot of things. And I think at university, I, I had came from that school environment where I didn't really fit into any groups. I just sort of got on with everyone, but I was never popular. I was never really skilled at a sport. I was never really academically talented. So I seen uh, university as an opportunity for me to really step out of my comfort zone and, and try to recreate myself. But what I found happened there was I created some that always had to be the life and soul of a party. I always couldn't say no to a night out. Um, basically failed at the academic side of stuff, um, which then had a spiraling effect on my own mental health and my well-being. Um, I was partying, I was drinking too much, I was trying to be someone that I wasn't. Um, I had all these unanswered questions in my head. I was frustrated. I was I was a lot of things that which then contributed to me going into like a, a, a bit of a dark depression um, and also struggling with with high levels of anxiety. Um, and that was because I had sort of felt that I had turned into a bit of a failure. Um, I had went to Queens, which is quite a renowned university in Belfast. And uh, I was quickly uh, falling down the slope um, at a rapid pace, um, not doing essays, not turning up to class. Um, and I, I really did feel like a big failure, which then contributed to obviously the depression and the anxiety, which lasted with me for a number of years um, until I, I reached the eventual point where I was in financial difficulty. I'd spent loads of money on, on university, sorry, waste loads of money at university, hadn't got a degree from it and had to come back and try and find a, a job, which was working in a bar. So life for me sort of then took a, a bit of a downward spiral. Um, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know my identity. Um, I had all these unanswered questions, like I'd mentioned to you. Um, and I was working in a job that I, I knew I wasn't really happy in and I knew wasn't my future. Um, and that lasted for a good number of years until I, I decided I would get into DJing, um, which I'd always had a passion for and, and was always interested in and delved into. Uh, I always had a great taste of music at uni and, and everyone always sort of uh, com complimented me on that um, and uh, introduced a lot of people to different types of music that they'd never heard of. So anyway, I delved into this um, avenue of DJing, um, which brought me on a, on a different journey. Um, obviously with the, with the DJing, there was late nights, there was parties again. And, and I sort of felt that I'd came from a university environment that I'd tried to move away from because I had felt that I was a failure and I was moving back into some of the same telltale signs of this is going to go horribly wrong. So yes, I was in and out of difficult situations and, you know, I was falling out with, you know, parents and, and, you know, close friends because, you know, I was passing the blame on to other people and I wasn't taking responsibility for me as an individual. Um, and this went on for a number of years um, until I think I must have been about 23, 23. And I met uh, a guy who was a manager in one of the places I was working in as a, as a barman. 
um, Daniel, you call him, and Daniel's a very close friend of mine, and still is to this day. He's actually the he's going to be the best man at my wedding when we're able to get married because uh, we had to postpone this year. Um, so me and Dan uh, striked up quite a close relationship. Um, Dan was almost like a, a bigger brother figure to me at a time where I really needed a bigger brother, um, and uh, he stepped in and, and sort of gave me a new. Uh, opened my eyes to a different way of life really and, and more structure and more self-belief and, and more determination and more drive um, and this is where I sort of moved away from that dark um, difficult situation that I had found myself in those years before um, and through that then I met my partner Chloe um, but I suppose the, the journey didn't end there because when I, ha I did have my first son, Zachary, um, me and Chloe had been together for, I think, a year. And we had our first child, Zachary, um, whom is now six, but uh, and I wouldn't change for the world. Um, so it was a really good thing to happen to me because it gave me that sense of responsibility. But at the same time, um, there was a lot going on in my life. And uh, I started to struggle again with with the anxiety and um, not so much the depression. And um, don't get me wrong, I had moments where they were quite dark, but it was more so the anxiety and the almost imposter syndrome had crept in. Um, I, around the time of my child being born, I had sort of ventured out and started my own business. Um, and it's a daunting thing to try and do when you've never started your own business before, because I always felt as though I wasn't good enough. I felt as though I wasn't experienced enough. And I always thought that, you know, what are people going to think of me? You know, am I doing this right? Am, am I, are my packages going to be right for the right clients? So that this went on for about a year um, trying to juggle all these different things um, until maybe a year into the business and um i then i sort of lost all heart in the the likes of the dj and and what i was passionate about and and sort of felt lost again really um and then our second child came along uh jacob and uh i knew that okay i have, I have two kids to to be responsible here for and uh, I need to sort of pull myself together and, and try and make something um, and, and try to move away from these negative thoughts in the sense of the, the self-doubt um, the imposter syndrome may I add because that that was a key part of uh, contributing factor to the anxiety was um, the imposter syndrome where I was skilled and talented at something I can look back now and I know that I was but at that moment in time I I, the imposter syndrome crept in and I, I just didn't feel adequate. I didn't feel like I was the right person for what I was doing. Um, and that took a, 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 and probably a, another year after that to try and deal with a number of things that were going on in my own personal life, um, which then led me on a journey of uh, the self-discovery and uh, really trying to find out what it is that I wanted to do as a human being and what made me happy and try to move away from some of those things that, you know, were maybe contributing to me not being happy. Um, and then that led me down the path of investigating the podcast and challenging myself, really, really challenging myself um, as the years went on in my late 20s to try new things, to put myself in uncomfortable situations and um, to stop saying, oh, I'll maybe try that next year. Or I, I just put myself in uh, the position where I'd give it a try. If I failed, then so be it. But I learned from it. Um, and I kept doing that until I got to a point where it was a comfortable thing to do. Um, and I don't see failure as a negative thing anymore. I see failure as a learning experience, um, which has taken me right up to the podcast. And like we had discussed, Connor, um, in the podcast that you came on with me, um, the, the pod, I had run out of excuses and I was in that sort of frame of mind where I wasn't afraid to, to try and fail. Um, and I tried and I didn't fail. I actually succeeded. Um, so, and that's, that's the night that that's built the, or put the wheels in motion, should I say, um, for, for where I've got to at this point. Um, and you know, I wouldn't look back and I'm just, I'm keep going. I, I take every day as it comes and, and challenge myself every single day. And yeah, and that's what brought me to the, the mind podcast and where I'm at now and some of the, the projects that I'm working on and some of the things that I'm doing and, and my business too. Yeah, absolutely. I am. Um, I completely understand the imposter syndrome type of things. It's almost when you 
I think a lot of people who struggle with anxiety and depression can resonate. Well, if you take something that's out of your comfort zone, you may then think, oh, this isn't me. I'm a loser. I'm worthless. Whatever kind of negative self-talk you previously said to yourself and then think, oh, there's no point even trying. And then you can easily put things off as in, oh, I'll try that one day. I'll try that next year when I'm more confident. And suddenly one day never comes. And then it's five, 10 years down the line and you've still not done anything about it because of this fear and fear of failure. I think ultimately that's where the fear comes from. It is a fear of failure. But as you've just nicely put there, failure is a learning experience is as simple as that. And if you can reframe that to, okay, if I fail, whatever the definition of fail is, I will learn something from it. Whilst if I succeed, then great, there's success then you almost can't lose. It's almost you're either going to win or you learn. I think somebody did say that. I think it might have been Clive Woodward, the World Cup winning England rugby coach. So maybe this just hasn't just come from me, but it's certainly something to think of. One thing that um, struck me that you've just mentioned there is um, you were struggling a bit throughout university, um, trying to figure out who you were, but you mentioned your passion for DJing. Do you mind telling me a bit more about why it's DJing that brought out some passion in you? Yeah, so basically, I've always been a creative person. I've always been a creative thinker. I've, you know, I've I've had some artistic form, whether it be digital or um, creative in some manner. But uh, that's always been with me throughout my, my life. I've a creative family. My mum is quite artistic. My dad used to be in a band. My aunt um, was in a, a well, she was a solo singer. Um, she actually toured with Ed Sheeran, Cal Lavelle. Um, so yes, I have a history of that sort of creativity. Um, and I was never very good at instruments. Um, never really just instruments bored me. Um, I never really had the passion or drive to take it up and, and learn anything. But something that struck me, like I'd said, was I knew you had a good taste of music. I liked the sort of music scene. Um, and it was something that I delved into and became very good at very quickly. Um, I would say that I'm, I am quite a quick learner. And if, if I put my mind to something and challenge myself, like I'll, I'll, I'll learn very quickly. So um, that's what I did with DJing. Um, and at that point in time, DJing opened up an, a number of different doors for me that, you know, I look back on that and I'm really, really grateful for um, like running student nights. We actually ran one of the most successful student nights in the North Coast, Monday nights, Flux of Havana, it was called, me and another guy. And I would never have had that opportunity if I hadn't have explored the DGen. But to get back to your question, it's probably because I was able to express myself and I felt as though I had been caged up for so long where I couldn't express myself because I had no channels to express myself. So what I found in DGen was, I was able to do that exact thing with no one judging me and no one questioning me. Um, and people could actually relate to me because of the music I was playing. So that's where I sort of came alive. That's where I felt, you know, actually this is, this is something that I do want to do and want to pursue. Um, and what it has opened up for me. I don't, I don't really DJ anymore. Um, I have DJs who work for me with my events company, but it is, again, it has opened the doors for opportunities and possibilities that I never would have had prior to taking that journey or taking that leap of faith and going, I'm going to try this. Yeah, absolutely. I do think that music is very important because I, I was saying this to actually a girl called Casey, who was the first person on my podcast, that it almost takes you out of the current anguish that you're going through and brings you into this new dimension where you can express yourself and you can be slightly different and channel your energy into something healthy. I think music's very important for that. And when I look at a lot of the music that I like and a lot of my most fond memories, it's always at a concert, it's at a party when the music's almost bringing everyone together. Another thing that I think can do that is sport. Now, if I'm correct, you are a football coach, is that correct, at university? Yeah, so I'm actually chairman of a, a football club. Um, but yes, you're you're right. I think uh, I, I had mentioned to you, I'd, I'd coached and managed the team as well. But I've, I've been with the club over 10 years now. So I've, I've moved from my coaching and management roles to in, into the chairman role. Um, yeah, so it's, it's been a great journey also. Yeah, could you tell me a bit about that more, a bit more how sport and football has helped you along this mental health journey? 
Yeah. So like I said, um, Ulster University at Corian there have, has been a big part of my life from an early age, from um, being a player with their Saturday team to being a student player with their student teams um, and being involved in all different aspects and walks of the club um, and building up a great relationship with all its members. So I have just been, I've been committed to it now for, for yeah, 10 years, going on 10 years. And um, I've just, you know, offered a hand when the club's needed a hand. I've, I've done fundraising for the club. I've, I've worn a number of different hats while I've been there and I've helped out in whatever way I can, because I don't see it as a, as a task or I don't see it as a, as a burden. I, I see it as a family that, you know, has been a massive part of my life for the past 10 years. Um, a group of people that I still stay in regular contact with, even the, the students that have moved on and have graduated and the, um, the current students. Um, we still play in a competition every year called Captain's President's Day, where it invites a host of, of members of the club, even as far back as uh 1960 uh you know they'll they'll maybe come and watch they definitely wouldn't be playing but um we all integrate we all share stories we all uh, yeah it's the camaraderie there with that club is, is something that you can never replicate anywhere else and i'm sure there's some people listening going yeah i have similar experiences with my club um but for me Corey, nothing will ever replace Ulster University for that camaraderie and closeness that we had both as players and as friends off the pitch. Um, and that's that's why I'm so invested in it because it has changed me as a person. Um, it's made me really value things. Um, and also it's made me want to give back to those players that are now on that journey um, to experience something that I've experienced and, and to continue that and to grow that. Um, and that's why I've stepped in as, as their chairman, because I want that to continue and I want that to grow for, for all the players for future generations. Yeah. I like the idea that you're stepping into almost because you were there once at that point uh, at their age, say 10 years ago or whenever you started and you can almost share what you've learned, pass that on and hopefully they can take something from it in their journey moving forward. Um, can we talk to me a bit more about, well, it's how we met actually, uh, when I was uh, doing my blogging from October to December, when I came across you, uh, it was to do with Movember. It was to do with um, the Movember Foundation thing that you were doing to raise some money. Um, do you mind telling me a little bit more about that and a little bit more about say other events that the club has done to raise awareness for issues like mental health or anything else? Yeah, of course. Um, so I've always been a, a big supporter of Movember and everything they do, men's health, men's mental health, men's prostate cancer awareness. Um, I, have a, I have a couple of family members who have who've passed away due to the illness. And, and um, I've also had a number of friends, including myself, who have been through difficult times with their own health and struggles. So I thought it was a fantastic uh, cause to get involved in. I loved everything about what they do and what they're about and, and their message that they send out to the world. Um, and also that community building where it, it sort of reminded me of Ulster University, the football club and how close we were and, and how important it is for men to to um, speak about some of the issues that they're going through and, and not feel that there's a stigma attached to it or that you know they're going to be any less of a man because they they open up and they're emotional and they they're going through a difficult time. So this is what I really bought into, and basically the reason I did buy into it is because I could relate to it. It touched the heartstring with me where I went through times where I wish I had opened up sooner. I wish I had spoke to people sooner, and I probably wouldn't have. Uh, struggled for so long but anyway I've learned from that and I've moved on and I just feel as though um, the reason I do Movember every year is for that exact reason um, I want to pass the message on and I also want to make a difference and I think this year in particular having done it during the pandemic where the lads weren't able to meet up and play and train together it was really important and key for them to do that and to have something that they could all do together um, also with um identifying issues within their own mental health too and um, that was sort of the key key reasoning behind it um, and we we raised over 1100 pound and um, between uh, eight of us 
which was fantastic. And uh, that was all done when we couldn't meet up in person or yeah, it was all from online donations and it was just from growing our mustaches and sharing our mustaches on our profiles. So that was family and friends got behind us and, and it was really motivating to see all the lads really engage in that. Um, obviously, like I says, for, for a fantastic cause. And um, so that, that was November in particular. Now I've I've done a number of different things through club fundraising, um, and yeah, it's it's again it's just to sort of include everyone, um, to give them purpose, uh, to give them value. Plus, when you're in a group of people and you're doing something positive, it makes you feel good about yourself, um, and that's sort of why we always try as a club to do something at least once a year because. It gives, it gives value to people. It gives them responsibility um, and they see the reward come at the end of it. So if someone's going through a difficult time, but they've raised money for a charity, that's going to give them a bit of a boost. Now, it's not going to solve all the problems, but it will certainly maybe steer them on the right track. Um, but it will also open the door so that I've been involved with the club now um, for 10 years, as, as I've said. I've seen a number of different things throughout the years. I've had lads come and chat to me. Um, so I... I can spot when someone's going through a difficult time because I've been there myself. Um, and I think it's important to have everyone included so that we can keep an eye out and we can make sure that, you know, everyone's being checked on and, um, and we can identify the issues um, and hopefully get them the help that they need. Yeah. I think the causes there and the reasons for doing so are perfectly justifiable. It's great to, especially young lads who often have trouble, you know, expressing kind of their, their emotions, their struggles because of fear of judgment and this stigma that as a society we seem to have built up where young men are indestructible and they have no problems. We all know through many examples that that's not true. So it's great that you've managed to get a few lads together to raise awareness by doing that and getting family and friends behind them. It creates a sense of community which is extremely important now more than ever with this pandemic going on. So you've gone from at university, you've had your struggles with anxiety, depression, that's continued through other stages in your life. At the point you're at now, what do you think the key things are that you've learned that keep you on a good path dealing with your yeah. health? What do you think? Yeah, so I, I think uh, basically it was the emotional connection within myself i i know how to identify emotions that i have um and um basically think them through it's a thought process but uh, what i do now is um i have a morning and a, an evening routine which we'll touch on in a wee minute but um i would do quite a lot of journaling um at first thing in the morning and at night time um, and i think from seeing my my thoughts and my notes and, and the progress um, over the weeks and months really helps because it allows you to identify when you know maybe imposter syndrome creeps in or maybe a negative thought creeps in you just look back on, on where you've been and where you've come and, and where you're going and that really helps and guides you throughout your life whereas if you're on a journey where there's negatives all day every day there's you're drinking too much you're you've no routine at all where you've your sleep patterns disrupted um, you're working too much you're maybe your relationship isn't going too well these are all factors that are going to contribute in some way to your mental health now i'm not saying that any one of those in particular is going to dramatically um impact your mental health solely um but uh, contributing as a whole definitely and um, so what i've tried to do is is identify as many of those smaller things that contribute to the bigger things um, and and really try to to work on how i make that better for myself so like i said the morning and evening routines but not only that it's it's key to get outdoors it's key to exercise and um, it's key to have a bit of that sort of routine so that you're not spending too much time um you know at the front of a computer taking in too much blue light um watching too many negative news reports or reading too many negative things on facebook um and uh in the evening routine in particular i uh, charge my phone outside the room now so uh, when I go to bed, I'm getting a good night's sleep. I'll, I'll maybe read a chapter of a book. Um, and that really sets me up because I know when I get up the following morning, I'll get up refreshed. I'll maybe do a bit more reading and I'll do my journaling. So I've given myself some time first and foremost before I've given anyone else any time. So I put myself 
first and foremost I know I have two kids and and a partner and I love them with all my heart but we do we need to be selfish for ourselves at times and we need to give ourselves that you know one hour even half an hour even 20 minutes however busy your day is you need to give yourself time and that's what I've learned over the years is I didn't give myself time I didn't write down what my thoughts and feelings were and I didn't identify those emotions head on that I should have um, and I think that's the difference between where I am now and where I once was if that answers your question Connor yeah I think that definitely uh, answers the question there are a couple of things that I've listened to there, which I can really identify with myself. Uh, one of which is the routine. I remember when I was really struggling at university, I didn't have a routine at all where, yeah, as I remember you saying, I'd sleep all day. I'd sleep at ridiculous times where I'd wake up at 6 p.m. in the evening and then stay up until 9 a.m., fall asleep, repeat that. I wouldn't go to lectures. I'd Whenever I did leave, like I'd go to a nightclub and I'd get smashed, I'd come back and there was just no sense of purpose or routine. And that obviously isn't good because this would be during the winter months. So I wouldn't see sunlight. And as you said, getting out is so key. Identifying thoughts just by writing them down. You almost think, oh, it almost hits you. Is it really that severe? Yeah, in fact, it is. OK, we need to identify the emotion that's coming with that. So even yeah. a, a small five minutes a day, a little practice is so key. Charging the phone outside the room is a great one. I used to yeah, literally have my bed, my phone under my pillow. So I'd check it in the middle of the night and go back to sleep and then wonder why yeah. I woke up cranky. It makes complete and utter sense. I know. Yeah. So one of but, the things... Uh, okay. Sorry, Connor. No, just to touch on something you had asked me earlier. Um, what experience have you gained so far from the journey that you've been on with the, the podcast? Well, I think I can take credit for everything I've just mentioned there. From talking to some of my guests, I've implemented some of those things, even from the first two or three episodes. Um, so, you know, these haven't been things that I've just thought up and went, oh, this is what I'm going to try. These are processes that people have tried and tested and say, look, they've worked for me. So what I've implemented in my life um, over the last year, number of months, sorry, um, is, uh, you know, a number of different things that I've tried. Not everything has worked. But I'm giving it a try to see if it fits into me, my schedule and, you know, uh, my my sort of needs as a as an individual, as a human. Um, so credit to a number of my guests who did come on because they've inspired me to try a number of things that I mightn't have tried if they hadn't came on the podcast. Sorry to cut in there. No, absolutely. I think it's important to acknowledge the people that have helped us along this way because we pick up tips from everybody and everyone has a different story to tell. I think it's why it's crucial to be open-minded. For example, somebody that um, you may not necessarily be too close to might be able to give you an idea that you think is rubbish, but then you think, okay, I might as well be open-minded enough to try it. You try it and it can be a game changer. As you said, not everything is going to work, but to be open-minded enough to try is so important. And I think by doing that is the only way we're really going to leave the comfort zone and leave feelings of familiarity that aren't quite serving us. I think something new can be great and can be beneficial if we just get past that starting block and get to the other side. Uh, one thing that actually struck me there, and uh, I'd like to ask you, um, you obviously have um, your wife-to-be and your two children. Can I ask you, um, how have things changed for you in your mental health since having children and finding a fiancé? Yeah. So like I said, I sort of just um, met Dan. Um, and then a year after that, I met Chloe. Uh, I'll be completely open and honest with you here, Connor, but I went through all those difficult stages in my life and relationships and I didn't really give them full value. And I probably was quite self-centered and selfish. And mm -hmm. um, so that's why they didn't work. And I'll hold my hands up. And I know I was at fault for quite a lot, but look, we all have those experiences in life. Um, but sort of when I had Dan as almost like a support as a bigger brother um, to guide me in a sense, because I, I think I needed some guidance in life and I, I'm really grateful for that guidance. Um, I, I was able to meet Chloe and then obviously we find out about our, our boys. Um, yeah, it was really, 
it was almost life-changing in the sense that I had that responsibility now. I knew I couldn't be that sort of same person. I could never go back to being that same person because um, I had other people to provide for and other people to care for now. And it was no longer um, the Darren Wallace show. It was, uh, I have a family here now and I need to start to take responsibility. Um, so it was a real eye-opener. Um, but like I says to you, I wouldn't change any of it for the world because um, our two boys are absolutely fantastic. They've brought out the big kid in me again. Um, they've, they've actually helped uh, me and my business partner with our events company because we have loads of new uh, products and services that both me and him, we, we both have kids of the same age. So they come and test everything for us. And, and over Christmas there, um, me and him were able to do like, a, we have a big inflatable cinema screen and stuff. Um, and the kids were able to... T- test it they were like our, our workshop elves and so that that closeness that relationship uh, is invaluable and and um, I'm so so grateful for it but uh, yeah Chloe met me at a time where she came at the right time um, and uh, yeah has helped me as well as as like I mentioned Dan um, in reassuring me that I'm doing a good job and uh, that she's proud of me and and vice versa you know she's done so many amazing things and i'm proud of her too and um, so we've really built up that relationship now where um we we've basically are so, we're soulmates so we've like i never thought i would say that word but uh as as cringy as it is for some people but we are and um yeah we support each other in everything we do and we encourage each other and and that's what you need um for for the likes of a successful relationship to work um and you know she's she's a fantastic mum she's actually been doing all the homeschooling and um, whilst I've been trying to catch up on my projects and and work and um, I'm doing a bit a bit of volunteering at the minute during the um, current lockdown pandemic go through all those stuff she's she's really understanding and you know I, I'm probably out of the house quite frequently during a week and she never ever says anything or gives off so you know I'm blessed in that sense to have uh, that sort of relationship um, of understanding and um, so yes it's uh it's been a, a really good journey and, and obviously meeting her and, and having the boys and stuff yeah that sounds that sounds fantastic I mean it's great that you have obviously the supportive home life that even if for example um some you know you have a bad day with the business or with the podcast and yeah you're a bit frustrated but you can come home and you always know that you have that supportive network around you and also especially for your young boys when they get older they can see the body of work that you have and that you're going to do and think, Oh, wow. Like my dad managed to do that. And they can be proud seeing how far you've developed from say the early podcasts to what you're going to do in the future. That's it, Connor. And uh, I think uh, one of uh, the guys that I'm quite close with at the minute running the, the change maker project, he prompted me with the question. He says, uh, do you know your why? Um, obviously Simon Sinek, if you, if you've read uh, start with why or, or looked into your own why, um, he prompted me with that question at the sort of start of the series and I didn't have an answer. Um, the only thing that I could think of at that moment in time, which hasn't changed in the slightest, was I want to leave a legacy for my kids. I want them to be proud of me as a, as a father. Um, and you've just touched on it there is that's exactly it is, you know, I don't need to impress anyone out there that I thought that I needed to previously. I don't need, you know, if if someone you know who who does he think he is running podcasts or or doing this or doing that that doesn't phase me anymore because all i really care about is number one making a positive impact number two enjoying my life and number three making those who i care about proud of me um, and that is you know my close network um my family my my children my close friends um and everything else after that i'm not consumed in anymore it doesn't take a second thought now whereas you know five six years down the line or previously it would have it would have consumed my thoughts I would have thought you know what what are they going to think of me you know always teeing myself up for failure like we had just discussed um so yeah that's that's been the the massive change yeah I'm glad to hear I'm glad to hear that you're going forward with the direction and that there's no thoughts about people that don't matter if you impress them or not you obviously know who matters to you who's your close network and you're doing the very best you can to leave a legacy for them. So I'm sure they're extremely proud. And um, can I touch upon the projects that you're also doing? You mentioned um, at the start, you have a new podcast alongside the mind and you're doing a bit of volunteering. Do you mind telling me a bit more about these yeah, other yeah. projects you're doing? 
Yeah, so um, a funding application came up there before Christmas. Um, it was to identify a need within young adults between the ages of 16 and 25 um, around mental health and how we could connect with them during, obviously, the, the current pandemic um, with digital form and, and uh, multimedia and, and things like that. So I, I put in an application to Coca-Cola Thank You Fund in Ireland. Um, did it delivered a, a presentation, told them what I was doing with the mine project, told them what I wanted to do. Um, and there was a panel of eight judges, um, all with a background in mental health or representatives of Coca-Cola, um, and then a PR agency as well. And there was there was quite a number of applicants that applied for that. So I just I, I thought, you know, I've nothing to lose here and I want to make a positive impact. I want to do something beneficial with this podcast because, you know. All I wanted when I started it was at least one person to tune in and, and maybe make a slight bit of change. And what I what I spotted from it very quickly was I had built up quite a following and people were buying into it. People appreciated it. Um, so then I wanted to do more with it. Um, so I've seen this as an opportunity, which I took. Um, and just before Christmas, just before I finished work, just before Christmas, uh, I got an email in to say that I had been successful and I had received the award um from coca-cola which now allows me to open the door and, and start this project which um i'm hoping i will have full details on that um i have put a post up on my inspire digital facebook page which has basically the outline of what the project is but it um we're, we're still sort of waiting i think coca-cola and the PR agency have been affected by what's going on at the minute. So it's stalled things a wee bit, but it is going to happen. And I can't wait to get that off the ground. Um, so that's one avenue. I'm also on the board of directors for a community organization with charitable status, uh, who again, identify needs within um, areas of deprivation and communities where there maybe is, there's a lack of engagement. Um, so we've, we've basically during the pandemic is we had got some funding for uh, the likes of food supplies for the likes of gas electric and home heating for for families who were uh, struggling so over the past four or five weeks i've been out um collecting food supplies and delivering it to various community groups throughout northern ireland and also delivering it to individuals um and really that is that's not even a second thought because i i gain so much value from giving back um to other people and and you know uh, helping them during these really difficult times and i think that's probably um a key part of what i'm trying to do with everything i do and it's trying to be inclusive for everyone to know that they have access to things and also to sort of highlight that importance for community that importance to pull together um, and stay connected uh, so that's probably one of the reasons of of you know, being involved and in, in giving up my time with the volunteering side of stuff. Um, and then moving on to the third thing that materialized from when we last spoke, Connor, which is Changemakers NI. Um, Changemakers is a word that has followed me about for quite a number of years. Um, my dad just to give you a bit of context, actually, my dad used to be in a punk band in the 80s. And um, obviously, when the troubles happened here in Northern Ireland, um, yeah, people just stood up against the likes of the politics and religion and, and then this anarchist punk scene developed, uh, especially when Margaret Thatcher was in charge of Britain. Um, and he joined a punk band because he wanted to be different and he wanted to, again, um, probably channel his emotions through music and try to get out of that scene because most people that were growing up through Northern Ireland either joined the IRA or joined the UDA or some form of paramilitaries. Um, and he's always been an active change maker. He's always challenged that norm. Um, so this has been something that's followed me throughout my life, whether I wanted to deny it or not. Um, so it got me thinking when I started the Mind podcast, which basically focuses on everything to do with mental health. Uh, I met with a guy, Gary Deveni, who I actually went to school with, but we disconnected because of, you know, he was a couple of years older and then we reconnected because he was running a podcast called um, Think Curiously, which he is absolutely smashing out of the park. Some of the guests he has had on are just unbelievable, phenomenal. Um, and it's open to everything. It's just open to challenge 
challenging topics that you know people shy away from and don't talk to. So me and him joined forces. We we turned a few ideas out. He said what he was planning to do. I said what I was planning to do. We we sort of knocked our heads together, uh, fired some ideas, and I says what about this change maker idea? And he said, well, what is change maker? And I says, a change maker is someone who wants to make change and see change within their own community and society. They want to challenge the norm and they want to include those around them so that it's not exclusive, it's inclusive. Um, and what we've done is we've built a multimedia platform that has video form, a blog form, it has a podcast form, it has quote form. And um, we've also just registered ourselves as TED Circle hosts. So we had our first TED Circle event there on Monday past. And we had uh, Cage Leitner, who um, is the CEO of uh, Quantum Gender. We had uh, a number of high profile um, IFA coaches, um, a manager at Carrick FC, um, a sports development officer. And we had a close friend of mine, Kieran O'Cahan, who is a doctor in sports science at AIT, Athlone Institute of Technology. So bringing these people together from all walks of life to discuss the topic of authenticity really opened my eyes and Gary's eyes because we're now running a project that neither of us could ever have imagined doing. And we're now opening doors that we could never have imagined. Um, and Again, this is just this is something that's came from everything else that I'd been doing. Um, but I think the, the key thing to take away from it is if opportunity presents itself in my life now, I'm I'm taking it with open arms. Do you know what I mean? Um, I'm not going to shy away from opportunity anymore. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's quite a lot of things there. There's quite a lot of things to keep you occupied. So fair play to you. I mean, as we've said previously from your guests, from starting the podcast, the amount of other doors that keep opening and other opportunities that are coming are in abundance. So you keep finding something different and it's only exciting to see where it's going to go from here because it's only going to grow. So the amount of new places, new ideas, new experiences, new things that you're going to be exposed to in the coming weeks and months is extremely exciting. And I'm sure you can't wait to delve into that. And it's all a result of taking action, not caring what other people think, and just starting out this venture, whether it be the podcast or the business or the family, not giving a shit what anyone thinks and just going with it is extremely impressive. Exactly. Um, and I know I've probably taken up a lot of your, lot of your time, Connor, um, but it, it, I suppose the thing, to, the thing to highlight here in this podcast is someone could be listening and going, God, he talks a lot. He's, you know, he's doing loads of stuff. Who cares? But everyone has this opportunity. Everyone can do this. They just need to come out of the shadows. And like you said, start to take action because I was once at a point in my life where I didn't see a future. I didn't see, I didn't see anything. I, I didn't have any self-worth. I didn't, yeah, I didn't have any ambition. I didn't have any drive, but now I've transformed that from some simple changes plus opening up plus, you know, surrounding myself with positive people, surrounding myself with positive thinking and, and being the change that I wanted um, is wh why I'm at the point I'm at today. And like I says, I just, I seek out opportunities that number one, I know I'm going to enjoy. Number two, that are going to benefit me. Um, and, and number three, that are hopefully going to make a difference out there. Um, and, you know, the, the possibilities are endless. And that, that applies to not only me, that applies to everyone that puts their mind to it. So this isn't like, you know, how does he get here? How do I get there? This is how much time, how much dedication and, you know, how much positive thinking are you, are you determined to put into, to changing your life around? And that's, that's sort of what people have to realize. Yeah, that's great. You've actually answered um, the final question that I was going to pose, which is, you know, what would you say to somebody who's thinking about starting out but unable to and you've almost just answered it there by anybody can do it it's just a bit of time dedication finding out your why and just doing it and just taking action that's why you're here that's why I'm here and as a result of taking the action you never know where you're going to go as you said the opportunities and the possibilities are endless we are much more capable than we think we are and I'm talking for all humans so I think that what you're doing and what I'm doing is going to be great and i'm really looking forward to see where we end up in the future but um yeah yeah what i'm going to do Darren, I, um, uh, sorry carry on 
Yeah, I just wanted to add one thing before you 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 sort of wrap things up, and that's to give yourself some credit for how far you've come and, and what you've done. Because what ultimately what you did when we spoke last and, and had our conversation is you you wanted to do a podcast. Um, you didn't know how, um, you know, you were thinking about it. You took action and look where you're at now. You're seven up. You've almost caught up with me in the mind podcast. Not that it's a race because that's not why I'm saying it, but look, that's just from hard work, dedication and passion that you have got to the point that you're at. And uh, I remember um, at the very start, you had sort of messaged me to say, you know, about the technologies and the mics and, and all the rest of it. And we get so consumed in thinking about all these material things that we need in order to get ourselves started. I started my first Zoom with just a Zoom call like we're doing here now. And I heard from you and you says, yeah, I just went for it. I just recorded it on my phone. We need to move away from going, we need professional microphones. We need to spend 300 pounds. We just, people buy into you and your story and what you're talking about. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you as someone who has been on your blog and you've came on my show and now I'm back on your podcast. I'm proud of you for the journey that you've came on. So well done, mate. Yeah, thanks very much for your feedback. And yeah, thanks again for all the help. Whenever I'd send a message, I'd say, hey, Darren, what are your thoughts on this? You're always right back and always very helpful. So yeah, it's appreciated. So now I'm going to wrap it up. It's been great chatting to you, Darren. Uh, really enjoyed it as usual. Same with the last chat. Uh, great, great chat and best of luck with everything in the future. Where can people who might be listening to this find out more about the other projects you're doing? Yeah, so um, I'm across all major streaming platforms. Um, you can download or listen to the podcast on Spotify. It's just called The Mind Podcast, Mental Health in a New Direction. We've also just launched The Changemakers, which is Changemakers, all one word, followed by NI separately. Um, and we've got, we're, we're basically on all social channels. So we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on YouTube, we're on um, LinkedIn. We've even set up a LinkedIn for uh, Changemakers. And uh, we're just about to launch our first podcast on Monday. Um, so that will be available through Buzzsprout and then all major streaming platforms. So yeah, if you if you enjoyed our, our chat here today, guys, um, please tune in to, to any of the other podcasts or, or support some of the work and, and see what we're getting up to. Actually, get involved. I would love people to get involved. Um, because that's what change maker is all about it's about getting involved it's about going i'm at the start of my journey and i want to learn more and i want to take every opportunity we'll start it with the change makers because that's what we did and that's what we're doing yeah great stuff so yeah anyone listening that's where you can access more of darren darren thanks again mate and if the borders in vietnam ever open you and the family are more than welcome to come over and i'll show you what this side of the world's like vice versa yep 100 connor thank you great stuff thanks very much mate take care Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.